am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And so, Father, as we come to hear from the Spirit of God, I pray that our hearts are open and our minds are receptive to receive what the Spirit of God wants to teach us. And I step back now so that He can rule this room and speak into our lives the oracles of God. And I declare in advance that as a result of your word, signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm starting a new series today entitled Beyond Blessed. Everybody say Beyond Blessed. Amen. I believe it is the undeniable will of God for his children to live a life that is beyond blessed. Say Beyond Blessed. Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 says it like this about Abraham. He says, I will make of you, Abraham, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. And in you, Abraham, shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. I'm going to say this again. I believe it is the undeniable will of God for his children to be blessed. Can I get an amen from the church? Amen. But the problem, I believe, with most of God's children is that we seek to be blessed instead of seeking to be a blessing. And most of us, if we're not, if we're honest, tend to improperly manage what we have, which eventually disqualifies us for more. So the purpose of the series that I'm starting, the Beyond Blessed series, is to help you and I see how important it is to properly manage what we have so that God can entrust us with more because the whole purpose behind being blessed or beyond blessed is for us to be a blessing. Now, let me summarize the whole series in this statement. And you may want to write this down. I'm going to summarize it by saying it this way. I believe the gap between being blessed and being a blessing, watch this, is being a good steward. I'm going to say that again. I believe the gap between being blessed and being a blessing is us being a good steward. And the average person... if they were honest, are not the type of steward that God wants to bless. And that's why sometimes we tend to run into shortages. It's not because God didn't bless us, and it's not because we didn't work to get a paycheck. A lot of times our shortages come just because we didn't properly manage. Amen. Now, last week I did our annual review preview, and if you were here, you saw that. But one of the facts that came out of our review preview that I want to share here that actually reveals our stewardship as a church was that 25 cents 
out of every dollar is the only amount that goes towards salaries for our full-time staff. In other words, we have 12 or 13 full-time staff and every dollar that you give, watch this, 75% of that dollar goes toward doing ministry and 25% only to go toward salaries. I think that's worth a hand clap. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap right there. Amen. Now, because everybody in the room are at different knowledge levels and at different uh, spiritual levels, uh, I just want you to know that I'm going to start this first lesson out fundamentally. Everybody say fundamentally. Okay, because I want us all to stay on the same page and I, I want us also to have the same pace as we journey through the series. Now, although some of you all may know what I'm going to be teaching, at least some of it, I want you to be patient because there are those in the room who may not have ever heard what I'm going to teach today. As a matter of fact, the average person who has joined Word of Truth Family Church is considered an unchurched person because they weren't going to church before they got to us. In fact, let me go a little further. Uh, between leaving Mansfield and coming here, we've actually gained about 400 new people coming to church. And so that's a whole group of people that I know haven't heard what I'm going to teach. Amen. So just look at your neighbor and tell them, say, be patient. Be patient. Uh, and here's the thing. Just because you might know what I'm teaching doesn't mean that you have grown to what I'm teaching. Because just knowing what I'm teaching is not good enough because in order for you and I to grow spiritually, we just can't know, but we have to also do. Amen. Amen. It's, it's not just knowing, but it's understanding and it's application. So uh, every time I do a series like this, I tend to give some type of disclaimer. So just touch your neighbor and say, he's about to do it right now. Okay. I normally take about 10% of the year to talk about three areas, stewardship, giving, and money. Everybody say stewardship, giving, and money. I take about 10% of the year to do that. That's about four to five Sundays that I teach. And why do I do that? Number one, I do it because if I don't teach you in those areas, you won't have faith for those things or you won't have faith to be able to receive those things because how does faith come? It comes by hearing what? It comes by hearing the word. So the first reason I do it is so that we can hear the word and faith can come for those things that I'm teaching. Secondly, uh, statistics show that the, the one of the top reasons why the average couple divorces or separates or are struggling is because of financial matters in the relationship. If you want stress and strain to come into a relationship, all you have to do is start having some money problems. And, and that boy or that lady that you love so much, we will see. So as a pastor, I would really be negligent to not teach in this area. So if you have your notes, here's the message title today is very different. Here's the message title. Should I tithe and what does tithing do? Should I tithe and what should tithing do? You say, well, pastor, I'm already tithing. Good for you. But everybody in the room is not. Amen. 
So go to your Bibles, find Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, Genesis 4, 1, and then we're going to go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. And I think I'll say some things in here that will help you as a mature believer as well. Now, the only way to manage the resources that God has given us and, and is to do it in a way that pleases Him. And so what I'm going to be doing is giving you some insight on what tithing is, why should we do it, and then what happens or what does the tithe do in our life. And I want to encourage you to memorize and begin to verbalize some of this stuff I'm going to be teaching you because the only way to stay in faith, the, the best way for you to know that you're in faith is by listening to yourself. I can tell when people are in faith for healing or not by just listening to them. Because if you listen to them, most of the time all they're saying is, I'm always sick. I'm always at the doctor. I'm always getting something. I'm always catching the flu. Well, don't catch it this year. Why don't you drop it? <laughs> Amen. So before we start answering the question of what tithing does, let's look at what tithing is and what should... And should we even be doing it? Because a lot of times, depending on where you came from, some people say, well, I don't believe that tithing is still for today. Well, I don't believe that you know, tithing is part of the New Testament. So let's look and see uh, what tithing is and then should we be doing it. And the first mention of giving in the Bible is in Genesis. So I want you to go to Genesis chapter 4. Go to Genesis chapter 4. And I want to challenge you to keep your heart open. I, on my way to church today, as I was driving, I said to myself, I wish I got this kind of teaching when I first got saved. I wish I had this kind of teaching as I begin to mature in the Lord because I would be further along than where I am. Genesis chapter 4, it, this is the first mention of giving to the Lord in the Bible and it was regarding Cain and Abel. We talked about it two weeks ago. I want to point out something different. In verse 1 it says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, she conceived and bare Cain. She says, I've gotten a man from the Lord. Verse 2, it says, And again she bare his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of the sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3 it says, When time went by it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground he brought an offering to the Lord and then Abel also brought of the firstlings or the first one of his flock and of the fat thereof and watch this the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering but unto Cain and to his offering he did not have respect so we can see that there is an acceptable way to give to God but we can also see there is an unacceptable way that we can give to God in other words, Cain gave and it was unacceptable. But then when Abel gave, it was acceptable. And the difference between Cain's giving was that he only gave an offering. But the difference between what Abel gave, he gave a first of his flock and some fat. Everybody say, that's tithe and offering. Now, anytime you see the word first fruit in the Bible, it's always a reference to something being first or something given first. Now, without going into the whole difference between first fruits and tithe, I'm not going to do that. But what I want us to do is look at the common principle that they both have. And, and here's the common principle. They both have to be given first. Whether you're giving a first fruit, you say, well, Pastor, I was taught on first fruits. Fine. But regardless of if it's the tithe or if it's the first fruit, how many know both of them God requires for both of them to be given first? 
And this is what Cain didn't do when he brought his offering. It wasn't the first. It was leftovers. He didn't honor God with the first of his increase. And I love the reference for this is uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. They're going to put it on the screen, Proverbs 3, 9. I'm going to read it out of two versions, but I want to show you that this whole theme of tithe and offering or the first being given in offering is throughout the Bible. And it says here in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord. And that's what you and I, when we give, when we give the first thing we're honoring God you're just not you're not giving to the church the church might be the channel but the church is not the source I'm gonna say that again the church might be the channel but the church is not the source it says honor the Lord with your substance and with the what class the first fruits of how much of your increase how much Okay, so listen, as we go through the lesson, some of you all are going to have to start making some decisions. One of the decisions that you're going to have to make is make a decision that all is not net. All is gross. So just touch your neighbor and say, I know he's talking to you right now. Go on and tell him. I know he's talking to you. He says, the first fruits of all your increase. And this, this is what happens. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. I love the Living Bible translation. This is what it says because it makes it plain and helps us to clarify what was said in Genesis with Cain and Abel. It says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your, your wine with vats. Uh, with the finest wines. Now, the average person in this room does not have wine and vats, and we don't have barns, but we do have checking accounts, saving accounts, and investment accounts. Amen? And so my purpose in showing you the whole story regarding uh, Cain and Abel was to show you that God has a standard in how he wants us to give. And there is a way that he wants us to give, but, but everybody does not adhere to that standard. And so I wanted you to see up front that we're not the ones to determine how we give to him. God is the one that subscribes that. And that's what Abel did. So now let's look at now Malachi chapter 3. Here's one that most pastors or preachers beat, beat, beat members up on. I'm not going to beat you up with this verse. I'm going to show you because the question is, why should we tithe and what does tithing do? Look in Malachi chapter 3, look in verse 6. It says, for I am the Lord. I change not. Okay, let's stop right there. Let me ask you something. What does that mean? That means that the Lord that we serve, he's the same God yesterday, today, and what else? Forever. So he says, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob. Okay, let's now identify who Jacob is. Who is Jacob? Remember, uh, in the Bible, there are three patriarchs that are always mentioned. It says Abraham, Isaac, and Okay, so Jacob was the son of Isaac. So this is still the Abraham family. He says, I'm still that same God, and that's why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you have moved or gone away from my ordinances or my ways of doing things, and you have not kept them. What's the next word, class? Come on, everybody say it again. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord. But you said, how shall we return? Then he says, will a man rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? Read it with me, class. In what? Tithes and what? 
So you can see still now why Cain's offering didn't work. Because he didn't bring tithe and offering. He just brought an offering. He forgot about the first. Well, most pastors do the members a disfavor because their focus is on tithing so much, they don't realize that we still rob God in offering too. Did y'all see that? Okay, so he says we've robbed you in tithe and offering. And then he says you're cursed with the curse. Let me tell you something. Curses are real. All you have to do is ask people who live in Louisiana. I mean, there are people, look, 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 curses are real. Cursing is real. Some of y'all do it every day. He said, will I remember of God? He says, you're cursed with the curse. Verse 10, bring. Everybody say bring. Bring how much? How much? There we go. Make a decision. Make a decision. Some, touch your neighbor and say make a decision. Okay, some of you may need to make a decision between net and gross. There's that word again. How much is net all or is, is gross all? Which one is all? Okay, so here's that word again. Bring all the tithe where? To the store. Not your mama's house. To whose house? The storehouse that there may be what? Meet in my house. And then he says, test me. That's what that word prove means. Test me, says the Lord, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, whenever, this is my opinion, whenever uh, our flesh here's something that it does not want to do. It always looks for an excuse or ways out of doing it. How many know what I'm talking about? And some of the flesh in this room, because see, there's some flesh in the room. I smell it. Touch your neighbor and say, he smelled the flesh in the room. Some of the flesh in this room is saying, well, pastor, that's Old Testament stuff. They ain't got nothing to do with us today. Well, first of all, let's just analyze your carnal thinking. Let's just do that. Let's just, if you're going to go down that road, let's just go ahead and go down the road. Okay. Well, pastor, that's the Old Testament. God don't do that. Well, we just read it says that he's the Lord and he changed not. Have y'all, did y'all see that? Okay. So you say, well, let's, let's, let's go past that. Well, so are you saying that because when Jesus came and died for our sins, that means he eliminated the need for us to give? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think that's what you're saying. Well, do you think that God would leave something this important just up to us to do it? Or do you think he would do like he did Cain and Abel and tell us what he wants us to do? So let me show you something that may help you. Go to, go to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Let me show you something in the New Testament. Everybody say the New Testament. The New Testament. I'm going to read it out of the King James and then I'm going to read it out of the Living, the living Bible. It says, Woe unto you, scribes! You Pharisees, you hypocrites, you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. These are all herbs and spices. He says, but you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, which is judgment, mercy, and faith. Watch what he said. This is Jesus talking. He says, these ought you have, have done and not leave the other undone. I love the living Bible because it makes it plain. He says, yes, woe upon you Pharisees and you other religious leaders, you hypocrites. How many know that includes people in America right there? He says, for the tithe down to the, he says, for you tithe down to the last mint leaf in your garden, but you ignore the important things, justice and mercy and faith. But then he says, yes, you should what? Is it up there? You should. Is this the living Bible? Yeah, it is. Okay. So y'all, y'all with me? Let's read it together. Uh, why don't we start at the top? Now, let's start where it says, yes, you should tithe. Do y'all see that? 
Okay, let's read it together. Yes. Is it up there? It's not up there. Uh, maybe. Uh, go to the next verse, media room, for me. Can you do that? I guess they can. Okay, so I'm going to read what I have on my notes. It says, you should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the more important things undone. In other words, Jesus told them, listen, you're tithing from all these small things and you're you're leaving out justice and mercy. But then he goes back and says, but you should tithe, but don't leave out the big stuff either. In other words, Jesus in the New Testament says that we, sh- that we should do that. So some of you all just need to stop right here and make a decision. You know what? Tithing is for today. Because, see, I want to get some supernatural results in 2019. See, see, this is how supernatural results come. You, can ne- you will never see a miracle in the Bible with somebody's, without somebody's participation. I'm going to say that again. You'll never see all the miracles you see in the Bible. The person who received the miracle had to do something, watch this, in the natural in order for them to see the supernatural. And in order for you and I to see some supernatural things in 2019, I'm going to make sure that I do my part in the natural. Amen. And some of y'all just need to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to do it because here's my thing. Why come to church and not change? Touch your neighbor and say, he, he talking to you right now. Go on and tell him you're talking to you. Now look at your other neighbor and say, but he's talking to you too, though. Here's a question. Should I tithe? And does tithing, what does it do? Here's the first one. I want you to write this down. It's kind of long, so take the picture. Tithing helps to keep my money where my heart is supposed to be. I'm going to say that again. Tithing. Everybody say tithing. Tithing helps to keep my money where my heart is supposed to be. You know that saying, put your money where your, where your mouth is. Well, I'm saying if you will, that, that tithing will help you keep your money where your heart is supposed to be. And the, the scripture is Matthew chapter 6 verse 20. Jesus says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal verse 21 says this for where your treasure is read it with me there will your heart be also now the contemporary english version says this your heart will always be where your treasure is your heart will always be where your treasure is so let me just give you some dating tips ladies how many single ladies in the house let me see how say hey Okay, let me give you a dating tip. If you are consistently coming out of your pocket, if you're the one that's always pulling out the treasure, he is not the one. That's simple. Now, I understand the first date, you're going Dutch. But if he consistently asking you out, then you need to keep your treasure in your pocket. And he need to pull his treasure out. Because where his treasure is... You will find his heart. So you can know up front if, you, if his heart ain't right, he ain't giving you no money. He ain't giving you. Now, now listen, you don't have to repay him with nothing, sisters. You don't have to repay him. You don't have to repay him. We'll keep it just like that, okay? Amen. 
That means that I can measure how much of my heart that God has by looking at how I give to him. The mistake that most people make is that they're they're thinking that the giving is coming from their hand or they think that giving is coming from their uh, uh of their out of their head but they don't understand that giving is not about the head or the hand giving is 100% about the heart in fact go to second corinthians they're going to put it on the screen second corinthians 9 most people don't realize giving starts from the heart it has nothing to do with your head your head is just what processes the thing your hand is what earns the thing And what I love about God, he puts us all on the same playing table. It doesn't matter what your salary is. You still have to sacrifice 10% just like me. And that's what makes everything even. And this is why the blessings that come behind doing it apply to everybody who will do it. So it's not like God says, well, if you give more money, I'll give you more blessings. No, it's not like that. We all get the same promise if we all apply the same principle. 2 Corinthians 9 shows us that giving takes place from the heart. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according, watch this, as he purposes where? In his head? In his hand? In his what? He purposes in his heart, so let him give. Now you say, because see, I'm trying to deal with carnal thinking too this morning. Because a carnal mind will say, well, see right there in the New Testament, Pastor, it don't say we had to give a tithe. They said we need to purpose in our own heart what we ought to give. Well, you can only purpose to give what's yours. The tithe ain't yours. It's the Lord's. Uh, Did y'all know that? That's why he didn't say give the tithe he said return or bring the tithe because you can't give what's not yours so when he says as a man purposing his heart so let him give he's talking about offering what you decide to give he's not talking about you giving the lord 10 percent because you don't give the lord 10 percent you owe the lord 10 percent amen so number one tithing helps us to keep our money where our heart is And if you want to keep your heart right with God, and I just just use this as a universal principle. If you want to keep your heart right in certain relationships, just keep giving to them. You show me a marriage that is slowly separating emotionally and intimately and all, and I'll show you a relationship that stopped giving to each other. Well, it's quiet, isn't it? You show me a relationship. And see, some of you say, well, I'm the one giving all the time. I'm giving. Well, I'd rather be the one giving than the one not giving because the person not giving eventually is going to end up with a shortage. Amen. It's just like a farmer. A farmer, when he goes out, it's crazy if he's looking for seed in an area he never sowed. And so I tell people, when you give, It keeps your heart connected to the place and the person you're giving it to. And that's why, you know, it's this is not going to be your church until you start giving into it. Amen. Listen, uh, when you're married to somebody, you're not going to let somebody else outgive you in their relationship. You shouldn't let them outgive you. When you give in a relationship, it keeps your heart towards that person. That's number one. Here's number two. Here's number two. Tithing keeps the windows of heaven open towards me so that I consistently experience blessings, increase, and protection. I'm going to say that again. Tithing keeps the windows of heaven open towards me so that I consistently experience blessings, increase, and protection. 
Tithing is like having financial insurance. How many have car insurance? Let me see your hand. Car insurance. Now, car insurance does not eliminate the possibility of you having a wreck. But you cover it if you have one. See, that's how tithing is to me. It's financial insurance. It doesn't guarantee nothing bad is going to happen, but it guarantees that you're covered. In fact, you're in good hands with tithing. (laughs) Watch what he says in Malachi 3, because I said there are three things that take place. Number one, blessings increase in protection. Well, we can see that because he says that I will pour you out a blessing. That's the blessing. Then he says, you shall not have room enough to receive it. Everybody say, that's increase. And then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's protection. Everybody say, years ago. If you are an entrepreneur in the house today, or if you're in the field of sales, you actually control your own financial outcome, whether you know it or not. I spent years in some sales positions, and I learned that my seed controlled my harvest. My seed controlled my new customers. So I would sow, I couldn't wait to come to church to give. We didn't have online giving then, so I would give. And, uh, and then I would speak and use my words to declare my harvest coming back. And so uh, this particular situation, I, one of the things that I would declare is that God is opening up the windows of heaven and he's pouring customers into my life. That's what I would say. Blessing? Customers are a blessing, right? He said he would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a what? blessing well if customers are blessing that's what i begin to say i say lord i thank you for just bringing customers my way in jesus name and i'll never forget that i ran into this one customer and uh they they ran into a problem and see one of the best ways to earn money is to fix problems so this particular customer had a big problem and they ran into a situation and uh it, it, it was so bad that even though we had messed up, our company had messed up all their shipping, this particular time they were open to me because I convinced them that I could solve their problem. So long story short, they needed a whole lot of boxes of computers, you know, the, the kind of the desktops. They needed boxes of them, thousands of boxes of them, delivered overnight to a certain location. There were so many computers in this box that... I had to get special permission from the headquarters of this company to just designate one plane for my order. Think about it. A huge cargo plane. That whole plane was filled with Pastor Evans' customers' boxes, and I got paid by the size and the weight of every box. So I saw the windows of heaven being opened, and I didn't know how big the window was, but I knew blessings was coming out. And so one day I walked into the office, and uh, everybody just looked at me and said, Hey, Evan, how you doing? You seem to be doing pretty good. And I wasn't really aware of what they was talking about until I logged on to see where I was ranking that day. And Pastor Evan went from the middle all the way to the top. I was number one in sales for months. And when my commission check came, how many know I was happy? The windows of heaven open and God begin to pour it out. So you and I, when we tithe, we have the right for the windows to be open. But do you know the opposite of that is true as well? When you don't tithe, the windows are closed. And that's when you have to work out your own sweat. You know what? I don't want, I want God working for me while I'm sleeping. See, if you don't trust God with how you give, then you only working when you only working. 
But when I trust him, while I'm asleep, he's causing some things to happen. While I'm asleep, he's opening up windows. While I'm asleep, he's pouring out blessings. While I'm asleep, he's putting on somebody's heart to be a blessing into my life. While I'm asleep, the seed that I put in the ground is actually flourishing. While I sleep, God is working. So here's the last one real quick. Here's, here's number three. Tithing acts as a reminder that God is first in my financial life and that I can trust him to make up the difference. Tithing acts as a reminder. Everybody say a reminder. A reminder that God is first in my financial life and that I can trust him to make up the difference. I love this. This is uh, the NIV version of Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to actually drop down to verse 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. He was talking about food, clothing, water, whatever our daily necessities are. And so I want to challenge you today to keep your faith in place. When you honor God first, he's obligated now. He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God and all these things will be added That needs to be your confession. Father, as I give first, as I give the tenth first, as I sow when I get paid first, I thank you for adding what I need into my life. And boy, when you start seeing God add because you didn't have it, boy, testimonies will start flowing. Can you imagine the the little boy who had the five loaves of bread and the two fishes and they took it from him and he realized that man if I go home without this food let's say he went to Long John Silver's to give it to the, for his mama and they done took his food he left with 12 baskets full and there's some people in the room you've run into some shortages you said pastor I'm giving keep your faith intact now, how do you apply today? How do you apply this? Here's the first way you apply what I'm teaching you today. Because I want to keep the DAP principle. Everybody say the DAP principle. The decision action point. What do I need to do? Number one, decide today that tithing or not tithing is not an option. Decide that it is something you are going to do regardless. Make that decision today. I am going to do what Pastor Evan said God's word said to do. Here's number two. Begin the habit of giving the first to God by way of doing it electronically or do like my dad still does today. He's not into the electronic giving. You know what he does? When he gets paid, he writes a check out. He puts the check in a word of truth envelope and he leaves it there until it's time to give it. So even if you can't do it electronically, when you get paid, write the check out, put it in the envelope, sit it down so your children can see what's going on. That's how I learned that my dad was tithing because I saw him do this first. Here's number three. Listen to a message like this repeatedly until your, your faith is up to receive. And then here's number four. Use your mouth to declare the promises of tithing and giving. Watch this. So that you will begin to not only have what you believe, but watch this now. Have what you say. Here's the problem with most believers as I close. You use that mouth for everything other than to bless yourself. You use it to cuss people out. That's the cussing side, so I'm going to move over here. 
No, 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 no. You use it. And cursing is not just curse words. Cursing is negative talking, period. When you say, I am dumb, I am stupid, you are cursing yourself. And so many people use their mouth for everything other than to bless them. And so I want to challenge you this week. Open up your mouth. Say the windows of heaven are open. Say God is pouring me out a blessing. You say, well, Pastor, what if it don't happen? Listen, the scripture says you will have what you say if you believe. My thing is say it long enough until you believe it. Because if it doesn't happen, God is a liar, not you. So with every head bowed, there are some people that need to make some decisions today. Here's my question. What is your decision? Is your decision, Pastor Evan, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not tithing. I heard it. I'm going to start. Maybe your decision is you need to make a decision to open up your mouth on a consistent basis and declare the promises of God's word regarding your tithing. Maybe your decision today is to stop worrying. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added. So instead of worrying about what you don't have, why don't you begin to thank him for adding it? Because if you've done your part, God is faithful and just to do his part. Maybe you need to make a decision to trust him. Maybe you're here today and you need to make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe you're here today. If you die today, here's my question. Are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Because if you're not, I want to pray for you. If you're here and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want to pray for you as well. And here's a group of people that today is a good day because today is our membership class. Maybe you're here today and God is leading you to be a member of Word of Truth Family Church. You know, the scripture says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Planted. That doesn't just mean attend. That means you connect to the house of God. And when you do, the scripture says you will flourish. And so I want to pray for three people. Those who need salvation. Those who need to rededicate their lives. And those who would like to make Word of Truth Family Church their church home. If that's you, would you raise your hand right there at your seat so I can know who I need to pray for. If you fall into one of those three areas, say, Pastor Evan, I need salvation. Or Pastor Evan, I need to rededicate my life today. Or Pastor Evan, I want to join Word of Truth Family Church. If you just would, raise your hand right there at your seat so I can see it. Raise it real high, real high.